0: Free with Cleo.
1: Hey, this is Cleo with CleoYogaFinance.com, and welcome back for another episode of Financially Free with Cleo, a show where we shift mindsets with real and raw money conversations with everyday people, empowering you to take action, appreciate the journey, and live the lifestyle you desire, financially, mentally, and physically. Today we have two very special guests, Maisha and Christian Reynolds. Maisha is an international school counselor, spiritual coach, and advocate for black women and families. From a touchy subject to a testimony, she has vulnerably shared her testimony for finding her birth father as an adult and reconnecting to a past and a void that was once linked to pain and confusion. Growing up with a father wound and having gone through anxiety, depression, and stress, she knows firsthand how God can heal and change the trajectory of your life. And we have Christian. He is the founder of Pixel Estates, a video marketing agency for real estate professionals. He is an expert in video strategy, helping them use more video content to scale and sell their businesses. His primary focus is to use professional video production to build their real estate brand and give them a campaign to better connect with potential buyers. So welcome to the show, Maisha and Christian. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, I appreciate it. I'm so excited to have this conversation so that we can learn more about you two, more about your businesses, and of course, how we all can connect and support you all so first let's start with our childhood i always like to take it way back in the day so we can learn how you all grew up and also how you both learned about money
0: so i guess growing up for me i'm the youngest of five my dad was well still is a fireman um but i, if I remember correctly he started off janitor and uh he eventually quit that job but i remember like when I was probably five or six years old i remember him being a janitor the high school, he, re- he um, went off to quit that job and became a fireman, and my mom, she worked at like nonprofit organizations here and there, different um, nonprofit organizations. So um, we didn't grow up with a lot of money, but you know, we know had enough money to get through and um, all of that jazz. Um, in terms of money and what we would learn growing up, we did learn how to use what we had. So my mom was always, you know, about you know budgeting, and you know we never really liked got like name brand things and really understanding the value of money. We were taught those things, but in terms of like investing or financial literacy here and there, it was kind of like, you got some money, use the money the right way. And (laughs) that's it.
2: I am my mother's only child and um, we didn't have a lot of money either. And so it was just the two of us, but yeah, just growing up not getting any information from her or from people around us about money. She did what she could to support, you know, us as a single mom. Even though it's only one child, um, you would think it's a little bit easier, but it's still difficult. So, yes, yeah, she, I guess she would save some, but not, not nearly like as to the extent of like what we have worked on and what we plan to instill in our kids one day
0: yeah learning about money as a child yeah right i'm sure you know uh, most people probably can't say that they were taught you know financial literacy at an early age or even in their childhood it's more like you know mom and dad or whoever just gets us through we get through and kind of like learn to kind of survive if you will so Mm -hmm.
1: i can definitely relate to that because growing up I did not have anyone to teach me about money. And my mom, she did the best she could with what she had. But, you know, I think a lot of us, you're right, we can, a lot of us can relate to not growing up being taught about saving and investing and learning how to, you know, manage money or earn money. Uh, Mm -hmm. But we all kind of had those uh, trial and error, like learning from our own journeys as adults and you know that's what I did um but now that you guys are adults now that you do you all currently have any money conversations with your parents or with family at all I
2: don't have them with my mom it's kind of like this is what we do in our house and she do her own thing um my mom is a um she likes to buy things that she doesn't necessarily need, you know. <laughs> oh, this cereal dispenser was on sale. Mom, you don't even eat cereal. But, <laughs> so, like, things like that. And I think now that she's, I mean, obviously she's gotten older. Like, she, she recently retired from the military last year from 30 years. And so she's had a house since I was in sixth grade. It was an older house. And I always told her, like, you know, Mom, like, take a little bit of money here and there and fix up the house. Because if you keep waiting, it's going to be too much stuff wrong with the house and it's going to cost an arm and a leg. Mm -hmm. And so our first year of marriage, we stayed at my mom's house while she was deployed somewhere else. And so of course you're in someone else's house where you see things. We're like, okay, the toilet went out. We use toilet every day. So we'll replace the toilet or like the refrigerator went out. We use the refrigerator. We'll replace that. But like, the deck stuff, things like, like just regular maintenance things. And of course, because she let it go on and on and on, it's more expensive. Not because it's more like, not because a deck is expensive, but because it's so much structural damage. And so I think, well, now she's spending a lot of time and money getting it fixed. But I think now she sees that she probably should have listened to me. She probably would never tell me that, but I don't know. I just think my mom is kind of like a, I'm not going to say compulsive. I mean, she can be compulsive. Like, we moved into our apartment. She was like, oh, y'all need this? Or y'all need this? I'm like, why do you have that? (laughs) Like, just the little things that you have, like, even if it was only $5 here, $10 here, like, if you didn't buy it, you could put that in a savings account. Mm -hmm. And for her, I don't understand how she like says like she doesn't have m- much savings i'm like how <laughs> like, you know, everybody manages their things differently and so we don't have like in-depth conversations about money but like from the outside looking in like i can see that
1: mm-hmm. she can
2: make makes better choices
1: yeah and i know it's not always easy having those conversations, you know, with our parents. Cause you know, it's like, it's us, you know, no matter how old we are, we're still their kids. (laughs) So it's different trying to like talk to them about money or give advice or tips. But, um, but sometimes when you notice certain things, it's like, we just, we just want to help and, you know, give them some advice that we think may help them. So we, most of us, we have, you know, their best interests, you know, at heart, but I know sometimes it's not always easy because they may not be um, accepting of the advice or or, you know, after a certain age, sometimes we're kind of stuck in our ways too. like, I do believe that we all can make changes. It's never too late, you know, but at the same time, you know, at some point, it's kind of like it's hard to accept advice from people, especially from young kids. So <laughs> um, I can totally uh, relate to that with giving advice uh, to my mom or other. Family members, um, but I, yeah. What about you, Christian?
0: Um, well, for my family, uh, we're an open book, um, for the most part. Like, we like to talk about just stuff in general. Like, that's one thing me and my uh clash on. We clash on a lot. Is like, I'm a debater and she's the, you know, like, no, I want to talk about, it. like, it's fine, like, but me, like, I'll take anything, even if it's not like serious, but like, you know, debate about. It. Let's talk about it. What, what you want to talk about. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so I have that because that's what we did growing up. Like, you know, again, seven of us in the house, mom, dad, five kids, whatever. And we just, you know, just talkers. We just like, they, you know, have bounce ideas back and forth off each other. A lot of the times, um, like financial things aren't mixed in there, but, um, you know, as of late, again, I think as we all get older, um, you know, start learning some of the importance of finances and long-term financial things, you know, things come up We week, you know, we can talk about it, but, um is really big on this as well, like, you know, again, keeping, you know,
2: you don't need no
0: everybody, you know everybody's business, right? I think, hmm. I think it kind of goes both ways. It's kind of a double-edged sword almost, where you, like, you want to, you know, give advice to people and kind of, you know, uh, uh, share what you learn, whatever knowledge you have. But on the other side, especially, you know, in the black culture, like, you know, we keep our business to ourselves. And this kind of could be a (laughs) crutch, you know, for us because um, other cultures aren't like that. They're really big on family. Right. And like really understanding like, well, if I can do this, I can show somebody else in my family how to do it. It's just that, again, that crutch that we have uh, in our community about, you know, keeping your household to yourself. And there are a lot of opportunities, not opportunities, a lot of different things that you should keep, you know, within your household. But there are, you know, like like you're saying, financial literacy should be something that we, you know, share and spread and try to teach other people about, even if it doesn't mean, you know, us working together on some business venture, but it's still just sharing that knowledge or whatever like that. So,
1: yeah, I love that. I totally agree. I think a lot of times we're, um, you know, secretive and don't want to share certain things, but I do feel like, yes, certain things. Can be private; the whole world doesn't have to know everything. But I think it does help for us to share things, you know, not just the wins or things we think could help other people, but sharing things that we felt was kind of hard or difficult, or some that didn't work out. That we felt like, hey, this is this didn't work out the way I planned. But you could probably learn from this experience, you know. That's something that helped me when I started to hear other people just talk about their uh, not just money experiences, but life experiences and to know that hey it's not just me um you know struggling with some things sometimes i think different levels in life we uh sometimes things are going great and we have all these wins and then sometimes things are a little a little rough (laughs) but that's okay because you know we get through it and we can overcome it and share it with the next person of course so i would love to know what are some what do you feel is like you all's best money decisions so far
2: yeah, definitely moving to Egypt was definitely our best financial decision. Um, we moved to Egypt. We, I am a school counselor, so I got a position at an international school. Christian has no education background, um, but they hired him as a PE teacher and a permanent sub, so it worked out. But in moving to Egypt, the particular school we worked at, we each got a contract. They paid for our flight there, a flight home every summer. Um, Our salary was tax-free and we got paid like in USD and uh, the local currency. And so we lived off of the local, like a percentage of our monthly salary was in the local currency. So we lived off of that and they gave each of us a housing allowance. So we, Barely spent USD like while we were there, so we would just send it home. And so obviously, we were able to save a lot faster and a lot more money in two years than we would have saved here in two years. Right. So I definitely say that's the best decision. Um, I mean, Egypt was okay; it was nice for what it was. We got to travel a lot. We got to pay down debt, but also like, save money and also, like, live and not feel like, oh, we can't go to the cheesecake factory, we should put that money here. So, I definitely say that's a, the best thing, and, like, transitioning back to the States financial-wise, I'm like,
0: that's crazy. oh,
2: maybe so, I could have stuck out another year. So, put it into
0: perspective, Um, another big another good thing we did was uh, this company called Widenhapp, it's like pretty much uh why no Y N A B. You, you need a budget. Right, you need a budget, right? So everybody needs a budget. And we this was before we even went to Egypt, right? This was like maybe before we were married, we were doing that too. No, we ain't share no one before. We no, were I'm married. saying we'll be doing first? <laughs> the why now thing, or either way. I of think us.
2: it was probably the first when
0: we first got married. Okay, maybe it was when we first got here. Either way, yeah, that's what it was. Because I was the one pushing for a budget. Like, look, like we need to make sure we yeah, okay, I remember all this. Now. Sorry. So yeah, we um, we you know, bumped heads a little bit, but for me, um, I'm more of the financial, like I'm a financial, not geek per se, but I like to just learn stuff in general. And so um, we're both really good with money, but I'm the person that's like, really like looking at numbers and want to have the spreadsheets and kind of like all the different charts and stuff. Like it just comes natural to me. That particular part, right? So this is when I stumbled across this. You know, you need a budget app, and we start just, you know, seeing all our money put into um, this this app that kind of teaches you about pretty much budgeting everything down to the last cent, right? You should know where your money is going before you even get your money, right? So we can pretty much plug in our income, and we know when our when our next check, uh, paychecks are coming in, we can budget out all that money before we even spent it. That was the whole idea behind the app. And so to put into context um what she's saying about like Egypt versus uh here in the States, um all of 2009, oh, no, nah, All of two thousand nineteen, <laughs> right, we have I have all that, you know, data about what we spent whatever we were in Egypt. And mm-hmm. we moved back here and I look maybe like I think we were here for about four months, I believe right and so four or five months we spent more in four or five months here than we did the entire year 2019 mm. Egypt, right just you know getting here getting an apartment furnishing an apartment you know groceries, groceries food whatever you had to do for the apartment and just you know living we to, you know rent and electric bill whatever we spent more in like four or five months than we did the whole year in Egypt and that was with 2019 we were in bali yeah we we're in bali for that summer that's with the trip in bali that's what uh i think we did south africa too the end
2: of in the,
0: yeah we did that's with all the vacations and everything in 2019 we did we still spend more here so that's why that was one of our biggest decisions i also um the yna so having that app and really like deciding mm-hmm. to do a budget and you know stick to it and have those com- those hard conversations that was probably um the best part about having a budget is every month we sit down and have conversations about money, about what we're going to do and just making a decision together, like, this is what we're going to do. And so there's mm-hmm. no, like, you know, things are coming up where I'm doing something. I can't say why. I didn't know where. We just have, you know, had a uh, understanding about that together. So I guess those two things, the budget and mm-hmm. then uh, moving to Egypt. And the YNAB, I
2: don't I don't even know what the YNAB says, honestly. Like, I just, <laughs> the money going to account, he said, I pay the bills, ties are paid. Like we make sure we pay ties. Um, he said he puts my allowance in my account and that's all I worry about. Like I don't even know the login for what I meant.
1: Just like I don't even need to see as long as you got it under control.
2: <laughs> he asked, like, what do you have going on for this month? Like that wouldn't necessarily come from my allowance or whatever. And so I say, you know, I got my grandma birthday or i got therapy or you know and then he'll plug it in and i said i might do this or i might need this but i try my best to tell him up front mm-hmm. because there are times where it's like you know middle of the month and i'm like i need some money you didn't tell me at the beginning well like, i didn't know so and he's like well we can't do
0: it,
2: huh? we can't, it. <laughs> <laughs> and that that makes me angry like i just Cause I don't know what's gonna come up. Like I don't know yeah. if I'm gonna have a, a hard day at work, and
1: I want to go to get a massage. Like, right. Sometimes those massage those those needs and feelings to want a massage just kind of pop up, kind of spare the moment sometimes. But I do get it. It's it is important to talk about it and have like a. I know sometimes you know like even for me, like I'll set like a certain amount aside for like. You know, uh, miscellaneous or unexpected things that kind of that I may want to do that way. If I decide, you know, I want to get a massage because I love massaging and facials. So if I'm just like, oh, I just feel like I want to be rejuvenated, I can like pull from a section of you know money where I f- I don't feel like I'm pulling for from something else. But I do get it, Christian. I, I like to know the plan, what's going to be paid for. But you know, sometimes it's having flexibility too, like when things come up. But I do love the fact that you all experienced um, living in another country and comparing, you know, managing expenses in two different countries. And when I first went to, um, I flew into Bali, but I was going to Air Island. It was so cheap over there. And I was just like, I don't even want to go back to America because I'm literally having fun every day. And that like, just massages like I told them do y'all realize how much this costs in America and they give like the best massages like the clothes that I bought while I was there I was just like that's something that I want to experience y'all like I really want to one day live abroad not sure for how long but when you said that you all spent more in four months it do make you kind of wonder like should I really should we go back? <laughs> Cause it, it is very expensive. And when I've traveled to other places and people say that they've um uh, like I went to um Johannesburg um in 2018 and there was an area in Soweto, I think I'm saying that right, um where they had some bungee jumping and they asked, they knew I wasn't from there, of course. And they were like, Where are you from? I said, you know, Tennessee. I'm originally from Tennessee. And they said, um, oh, I really want to visit America, but it's so expensive. And just seeing how, you know, how other people, you know, talk about how it's so expensive here. And it's just so much cheaper in so many other areas. You just like sometimes it make you really consider, like, should I stay over there? But um, that's something that I want to experience. And I'm glad that you all. Were you at least able to say, hey, we've done that. We've experienced living in another country. That way, if you guys decide to do it again, you already have that experience under uh, your belt. Uh, So what do you feel is one of your most um, challenging money experiences?
0: Um, Challenging? I don't know about challenging per se, but I know it did open up our eyes to like finances and, and financial literacy. So maybe like six or seven months before we got married, I mean, even longer than that. But we were went to one of those, you know, wedding couple, um, not retreats. What am I trying to say? Listen to this
2: and you get a free
0: something. One of those <laughs> things, right? and so they hooked and baited me more more than her into these um these kitchen these kitchen things, right? So it's like pots. pots pretty much. And so uh yeah, they are really, really good pots. We have them now and they are really good. When I look back on it and the way it, way he was selling it to me, now I'm a little bit smarter and I kind of see like this wasn't a good purchase, right? So we were pretty much they told you about how much it costs up front. They tell you about the, you know, the financing and how the the interest and stuff works. So like not understanding interest rates, not understanding that this was gonna be um they it, like it's going to be a or revolving credit so it's actually going to go on our credit it's not going to be like a separate thing where we're paying this company monthly it actually was on our credit on our credit scores right so mm-hmm. the way it was um it was credit usage right on our credit so the way it's looked to other on our um the way it looked on our credit report is if we were spending you know let's say three thousand dollars on a thirty five hundred dollar credit card like that's how it looked and that number got smaller every every time we paid, but that's not what I knew growing, going in re- reading the fine print like, whoa, this isn't just like you know some kind of arrangement we're making where we're paying you or paying this mm-hmm. company and um, at a certain interest rate every month or whatever. This is actually going on our credit scores. This is actually bringing our credit scores down because it's just seeing this this arrangement as usage on our on our uh, credit score. So. That was a big thing. So we were in Egypt. And we were paying it off every month. And I, like going back to YNAB and how I had it like coded. I had it coded as like <laughs> stupid dishes, right? Like I was so upset every month. We had to pay this like <laughs> this is so stupid. And um, when, I, when we tried to get out of it, like again, fine print countries and stuff like says you have like 24 hours to cancel this, right? I didn't get hit the game until like a week later. I'm like, wait, it's not. I'm going to call them back. It was like, oh, no, you had 24 hours to cancel there's really nothing you can do at this point. I'm like, mm-hmm. God, dog it. Like, it was, I was really upset. And so that, for me, like, opened my eyes. This is one of the reasons why we even wanted to get into, like, you know, why I've been budgeting. So it was a challenging experience, but it really opened us up to knowing, like, especially me, I felt like as a husband, as a head of the household, like, I should have known this before. Like, I felt like I need to, there's something that I don't know, and I don't like that feeling, right? So I'm, like, reading books, you know, YouTube, whatever, just learning about this, <laughs> Credit and revolving credit, and what does that mean, and interest rates and principal, and all these different things. And now, even now, I was able to go back and even look at my student loans and kind of see like all these different words and stuff and what they mean. So, I mean, I kind of counted it as a blessing because it really opened my eyes up into just knowing about uh, or the need to know about finances and what this stuff really means. When we're you know, signing our names online and not really looking at the, <laughs> the real, yeah. you know, the fine print, if you will. So,
1: yeah, I'm sure that taught you. To when people are, you know, sharing details about an offer or something that you're like listening more to what they're saying, and also reading uh, the fine print because that's what most of us do. Like we don't, you know, we see the fine print, agreements, contracts, but most of us, you know, we may not read every single word. But it, it takes one time or a couple of times to feel like, oh, I should have known better, and then you're like, you know what? I'm making sure before I put my name on here. I'm going to make sure exactly, you know, what this is. So I'm sure even though um, it wasn't what you expected, I'm sure, like you said, you learned something from it. That way you can uh, make better decisions with future, you know, opportunities, too. <laughs>
2: and I think for me, like, that's definitely a challenge. But another challenge for me is just morph, like being in America, one, but morphing entrepreneurship into The household, like when we were in Egypt, like Christian was like starting up his thing, his business, like just, you know, courses or whatever. So I'm like, we're like, oh yeah, it costs this much, run it because we spend it, like we're living off of Egyptian pounds. So we're not really taking, like it's not affecting us now as much as it is now. And then like being back in the states and entrepreneurship and trying to like pay, Bills, pay time, get allowance, pay for
1: duck saddle, do this. It's like, ah. it becomes a long list of uh, expenses. And like, as you start to, even me, I felt like the more I was, you know, building and growing my business, the more tools I feel like I need and more course that's going to help me do this part of my business. So, like, the expenses. The list of expenses does grow very quickly, Um, but I know we're, you know, we're investing in ourselves so we can, you know, uh, generate more income and be able to provide more value to the people that we're serving. But, yeah, it's definitely a challenge and not as easy as, you know... Like people on social media make it seem like oh it's super easy and cool like yes yeah, fun and I in, I'm enjoying learning and I know you guys are too but sometimes there it's 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 like it's it's a lot it's different when you're go when you compare it to um going into a job and working your hours and getting your weekly or biweekly paycheck but with entrepreneurship world it's like yeah it's it's just a lot more uh, into it and I feel like we're all you know continuing to like learn and grow every day um but definitely getting organized really um helps so like you say you guys have the budgeting app and more attentive to expenses um do you feel uh like when you came back to the states uh do you feel like it was more expenses with your businesses when you came back to
0: yeah so now i'm doing like you said with a business i'm doing it full time this is what i do all day every day now (laughs) Um, And so in Egypt, you know, we had the jobs in Egypt, whatever. So I was kind of just tapping into the experience and it was really difficult in terms of what I was doing in terms of like videography and video production work in Egypt, It just really wasn't happening uh, over there. Mm -hmm. Different reasons behind that, but that's just how it was over there. And so I was really just in kind of in the startup phase of just, you know, getting the LLC together and doing this, whatever. So it really wasn't a lot of expenses coming out just you know, period, but now that I'm here and I'm doing this full-time, like you said, like, as a business owner, there are just things that you don't even, like, know that you need, whether it be, you know, marketing things or, you know, CRM systems or, you know, your website and paying for that monthly and, you know, or uh freelancer, different things you need somebody to do for you, like, there's always these different, um, expenses yeah. that come up, so, yeah, it's, you know, it's different, um, but like you said, it's an investment, um, and that's kind of how I see it, you know, as an investment. And so it's getting better over time. You know, as you, yeah. the more you get into the business, the more it comes back. It's just a slow process. And it just it know, takes, it. takes, yeah, and my is very impatient. <laughs> Um, but you know it's, it's going well I think that's one thing we we did learn in Egypt was um, patience at least I thought we learned we got back yeah. here and she forgot all the patience That she <laughs> had. Um, yeah it's just all about being patient just you know trusting the process and just being on the journey and just being okay with being on the journey there's really there really isn't any end goal or not goal but there it really isn't any destination you're just taking one step and putting it you know step by step and just letting it be
1: yeah and how long did you all stay in egypt Uh, two years two years i bet did it seem like it went by really fast or or kind (laughs) of slow
0: i think it did i think it kind of like gradually like like it felt like it was slow when we we first got there and we were you know getting acclimated into the culture and understanding different nuances of like what it means to live there it just felt like bro, this is you know difficult (laughs) but as we as we settled in and then like you know, everything kind of became our norm, kind of adjusted, Yeah, you know, time definitely flew by. So, at least that's what people here say. Oh, yeah, back, <laughs> y'all, you know, just left whatever. But, um, in the beginning, it felt like we had been gone for forever, and towards the end of our thing, it felt like we hadn't been gone that long. So,
1: mm hmm. And would you guys do that again live abroad in the same place or a different country?
0: I, I would be up to it. Up
2: to it, cause of the money. Uh, I would be up to it. For me, I think it would be if I had an itch again. So I, before we left, I was at a school. And I was sick of the school and I wanted to be different. I didn't know where I was going, but I knew I was going to be at that school. And so we were, well, when we started thinking about it, we had only been married maybe not even that long.
0: Yeah, in, in, the, in the fall semester. So. Okay,
2: so maybe like four to six months, we had only been like married. And so I always hear like teachers going abroad because obviously there's a lot more teaching <laughs> positions, even in the States. Like at my school, we have two counselors and it's a bajillion teachers. So i was like man they don't have no council positions overseas like "Mm." and so i talked to christian and he was saying like let's do it so it was kind of like let's see let's put some filters out there and see what we get and we got something and so being a counselor internationally at we were at a private school and so their needs are a lot different from being a counselor here I'm at a title one school here so the needs are different like my job looks different um so in Egypt like you know I was making a difference but I wasn't feeling fulfilled like as I as as fulfilled as I feel in the title one school so Mm
0: -hmm.
2: it will be like me getting tired of being like stressed and stuff and knowing that if I go overseas I'm gonna be doing fluff stuff like I was in Egypt playing on Pinterest (laughs) so i think like if i get to that point where i'm like i'm tired or i want to break like i would go and or if like christian you know gets a big deal with video stuff like and it's gonna take care of the income where like yeah we'll go meet christian in the cat right
1: (laughs) that's cool and at least you guys can pull from your uh past Living abroad experience, you know, making that transition. I don't
2: know if we can go to Egypt,
1: though. <laughs> Might be a different country,
0: huh? <laughs> I don't, it don't matter to me. Um, I've always been like, kind of like, okay, let's do it. Like, I just, so she was going through this thing where she wanted to get out of um, our, the school she was at when she first started. That's her first year. Um, for me, I was kind of going through the same thing. Like, I loved the job I was at, but I was working like, like 50 60 hour weeks um i was doing like consulting in like the in the hr and payroll space and mm-hmm. so i enjoyed it. it Was flying me out to different clients i was flying around the country or whatever so it felt like you know good to be like mm-hmm. one of the young one of the young um employees at the company but like kind of making big moves and stuff but i was working like crazy um <laughs> i actually didn't like <laughs> it whatever. Me. and so i was like you know what and i don't really like i enjoyed that piece of it you know the money was good and all that type of stuff but like I know I really wanted to do video production and really wanted to get behind the camera and do that and so when she came to me and said you know she wanted to do something different I was like you know what me too let's do let's do whatever (laughs) um but also kind of like going in knowing that I have no education uh experience whatever and so that's kind of how we landed in Egypt so you know long story short we were going to um international conferences where you know, these, these schools from around the world, you know, sending a representative and they would like, you know, give a little spiel about what their school offers and things like that. And every, you know, not every, but most of the schools we went to or the different presentations we went to were saying, you know, there's this thing called trailing spouses. And I would be a trailing spouse because, you know, we're here to look for her job, but I would be a trailing spouse, you know. And a lot of them didn't have positions for trailing spouses unless you were a educator. Mm-hmm. Um, but Egypt like she said they had a position for they have a position for full-time sub so pretty much um they said the only thing you have to have is a you know bachelor's degree it's like well I have that and that's why we ended up in Egypt because they again offer both of us positions and yeah. so um yeah it worked out and so now I have like the two years of, of teaching experience I think I would you know it would be easier for us to find options you know if we do decide to go back out it would be easier for us to find options. Now that I'm going to be considered a trilling spouse now, I'll be like, yeah, yeah. To be as, a, as a you know PE teacher or maybe something like that. So yeah, I learned a lot in two years. I've always been like open to like, you know what? Let's, let's, you know, let's figure this thing out. Let's learn whatever. And so um, that worked out. And so maybe, you know, if she gets the itch, it's up to her in the, the day, she gets the itch. <laughs> so let's, let's do it, and depending on where I am in my business. Now things will be a little bit more complicated or whatever. But again, if yeah. it comes up, I would, you know, look at the opportunity. If, it, if yeah. it's checking my boxes, you know, they got to pay for 1000 They got to be tax-free. I need mm-hmm. ride, you know, not rides, but I need flights back and forth. <laughs> but I need all this to be free before we even consider, you know, um, those options. So
1: Yeah. Got a list of requirements <laughs> before it's official. And I really like that you mentioned about, you know, your job you had before, how you um, we're flying around the country, and you know if you make good money. I I think that's confirmation that it's not. It, it gets to a point where it's not just about the money. Like you start to desire to not just earn money, but you want to do things you really like and enjoy, and still earn money at the same time. I know that's something that I experienced with the work I had done. You know, over the last fourteen, fifteen years, like it was. You know, traveling, it was cool. You meet new people, make good money, but then once you start to have like Interests and desires that kind of grow bigger and bigger in other areas, then you start to feel like, um, Maisha, like you mentioned, not feeling fulfilled. And, uh, you know, you're like for me, I was online looking up, reading books, and watching videos, and making my little to do list and writing my ideas and stuff. And that's when you know, like, okay, eventually I'm gonna have to make a move here, or I'm just be miserable for the next 10 years. So I really like the fact that you guys, um, are open to doing new things, different things, and learning and growing throughout uh, the process. Um, But for Christian, for your business, Pixel Estates, I would love to know how you decided to uh, get into that type of business.
0: Um, So the reason I really wanted to get into it, because, again, I'm learning more about, you know, finances. And so real estate has always really been big for me and wanted to get into real estate investing. And so, and I said, we had already made this decision, we come back. I was like, look, we go back to the States. I'm not going back to my corporate job. I'm going to do my own thing, whatever. And so we made a decision to go back. All right, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with this business. I know i want to do video production. And then it kind of came to my, you know, like whatever, like, you know, what? Well, let's combine the, my, my two, those two things, real estate and video production. And I saw that there was a need, you know, in that space for video and like different things you can do with video, whether it be you know, social media marketing or um, different campaigns, whatever. And so that's kind of how I uh, came up with uh, Pixel of States. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, why I went, you know, that route.
1: Yeah. I love it because I, like, I have a daughter, she's 17, and that's, she wants to be a real estate agent. And we were having conversations about, you know, her making a social media page and, you know, uh, content have to have the videos and pictures, you know, and it's, you know, I know it's more than just that, but that's what the first thing people do. They go look at your Instagram page. They look at your website. They, they, you get judged on the quality of your content you're putting out there. So I really think that that's great that work that you're doing. And I may be hiring you one day. Do you only do people in Atlanta? (laughs) Right
0: now, yeah. But, you know, if we have a conversation, we can talk about travel and stuff like that. But yeah, um, also, too, to your point about content, it's more than just the content, right? Like, content is the vehicle that, you know, we're using now to kind of, you know, explain ourselves to other people or communicate to other people. But I think it really boils down to value. And that's one thing I, I, I try to, you know, teach people I'm working with. Like, it's all about providing value. At the end of the day, you know, social media is still social, right? Like, it should be about communicating with people, and you know, um, bringing value to people, you have to pretty much put yourself out there and put out, you know, what value you have. And once you do that, you know, all the content and things like that, they come to place. But if you have some value to give to other people, that's kind of where it all boils down to.
1: Yeah, most definitely. I love that, and I like that you are helping those real estate professionals out there because you know more people are wanting to buy homes, and I think. Even before the pandemic, I know a lot of people were trying to get their content together. But even now, p- more people are trying to make sure that their content is you know, organized, you know, authentic and engaging, but also that's going to help them bring in more clients and, of course, provide the good value that the clients need. So I love that. And I would love to know more about yours, Myesha. You know, how did you decide to uh, start your business?
2: So I started initially in Cleo. We met when we both were bloggers. So Mm -hmm. I started in the blogging phase, like shortly after I found my biological father. I'm like, oh, I should, you know, probably share my journey, like my um, faith-based journey, like how I'm on this journey to get close to God, like sharing with other people while still like encouraging people, inspiring, motivating people. Like I really love that part of just who I am. And so I, in Egypt, Egypt provided a lot of time to just be away from everything, like providing clarity and things. I wanted to find a way that I can combine, like sharing inspiration with my educational background in psychology and counseling and combining that with like my life experiences to help women that also may struggle, like I do, with anxiety, stress, and depression, and just kind of morph the three of those to help women. And so that's how I've kind of made that shift within the past six or seven Mm -hmm. months or so. So in essence, it's still, I'm starting over um so starting over like with just the new foundation the new premise of what I'm doing and so while I'm not giving like while they're not in therapy with me because I know like some people are still like leery of just the word therapy but while they're not like in full therapy with me just me being able to have like some time with them to dig deep into maybe one issue that's causing anxiety stress or depression that's kind of taking a toll on them and kind of working through that with them, providing them faith-based principles as well as clinical principles and tips that they can use to kind of morph it together. So,
1: Yeah, I love that too. And I think a lot, like you mentioned the word therapy, I think sometimes men and women can kind of get a little hesitant to seek therapy or just to get help in other areas. It's going to help us you know, mentally, uh, physically, all of that. But I really believe that it's uh, a huge uh, need for your services because we're all going through so much. <laughs> uh, and I think it's it's a disservice that we do to ourselves if we don't get the help uh, that we need. And just the fact that you're sharing your story and that you've been in different areas. And, they, uh, that's yeah. Uh, that can... pain for me to even just share.
2: Even before I stepped into the coach, Face, but just the blog stuff, cause I'm a pretty like I'll talk to anybody on the street, like anybody. But like sharing pieces like of my life or like my struggles, like I'm I'm good over here. That's how I operated like my entire life, and so I know like the stigma behind therapy. Like one, I went to school for you know counseling, psychology. Sociology. I went to school for that. And so, knowing the negative connotations that that has, like mental health has, plus being a black person and what we're taught from the church, like you need to go talk to the pastor or pray about that. Like, yeah, you do need to do that. But you also need to talk to a professional because going to talk to Sister Jackie or Brother Tyrone and ask them to pray for you, like, That may help to a certain extent, but they can ask you the the right questions that you need to help you kind of dig deep to figure out what's the root of your anxiety or what's the root of your stress and like giving you practical tips that you can use in the everyday space to help you move forward. Like, yeah, I can say turn to John 3.16 and read that, but like if I'm having a full flesh anxiety attack, like I don't wanna read this. You need to tell me (laughs) to breathe in the bag, count to 10, walking apart like like just like certain tangible things that I can do right then and there and then once I calm down maybe I can go back and read John three
1: sixteen. maybe <laughs> oh that's good because that just gives us you know confirmation that we need more than just you know talking to the pastor or praying, or even I've had people tell me, Cleo, you'll be fine. Just go take a nap. Like when I wake up, I'm I still need some help here. So, I think just hearing other people talk about these type of topics, um, and that we've all you know had some type of counseling or therapy, you know, that inspires other people that hey, you know what, maybe I should try to see a counselor or a therapist, or just talk to somebody. Sometimes just getting it out to a, a, for a close friend or someone that you trust that, you know, genuinely cares about you. Sometimes it just helps us to get it all out because, you know, we know if we hold it all in, uh, it can be, it can... Listen a few times. <laughs> it's not good to hold it all in. And, you know, just with, you know, working, you know, regular jobs or just working the, as entrepreneurs, you know, we, as we elevate, we'll have new like challenges and experiences. And it's like, it's going to always be Uh, we're going to always need space in our life to talk with someone or seek therapy or counseling. So I love the work that you're doing as well. And when it comes to, you know, financial freedom, I would love to know what does financial freedom mean to you all? Um, I'll let
2: him give the intelligent
0: (laughs) answer. Financial freedom. I mean, I know, in Egypt, we weren't rich whatever, but we did feel you know, financially free. Like it was a really, really stress free living because like she said um, before, you know, we were living off just the Egyptian pounds for the most part. And so that was, for me, was the financial free part of like, you know what? Not worrying about bills, not gonna worry about, you know, this and that. And really we budgeted our USD, right? We budgeted that money going back. We didn't really budget on like just everyday expenses because When I say it was so cheap, like, you really didn't have to, right? Like, (laughs) it was so cheap to live there and eat and pay whatever. It just it really wasn't really a reason um, to budget out that particular money. Um, And so that's, I guess, kind of where that freedom comes from. I think also uh, another part of the freedom part, for me at least, is just being able to do, you know, what I feel like I want to do in terms of, like, whether it be with the the business or whatever. Like, that's for me is is, um, very – very freeing like entrepreneurship even though it's very difficult and you know I asked myself like why am I even doing it I can go back to my corporate job and make this money like like that or whatever right like why am I going through you know staying up all night reading and learning like why am I doing this um but you know the freedom to be in you know what this is my own thing making my own decisions in my company that's very um freeing to me as well um so yeah I guess those two those two things are my answer
1: <laughs> yes um, I love that
2: yes what he said but i think for me like just being in the space where we know that bills are paid ties are paid whatever expenses for the business are taken care of and like having a pot of, of, of a big pot of allowance if we decide oh maisha, you don't have to work on friday or spring break like let's go this place and like not even have to like oh well we gotta move this around here and move, like just I don't like the thought that I can't do what I want to do here and there like I hate it Like I hate it so much and I'm like bro what are we gonna do for Valentine's Day like I wanna do this and it's like let me check the budget we are gonna be here in the living room or like you know just something simple Like I just wanna be somewhere on the beach but of course COVID is shutting that down but just feeling like everything is taken care of and i can just do whatever i want to do if i want to spend a month in bali then i want to do that because we have abundance Mm
1: -hmm. yes i I love love that that. (laughs) abundance abundance.
2: i want to get a massage every saturday morning i want to do that so (laughs) i don't know just, just like i think being in egypt and now that we have two different perspectives like living in egypt and then spending two months in bali like the entire summer like just those two perspectives then to come back to america i'm like
1: bro this is it. <laughs> expensive it's like it does make you just kind of have that moment like should we go back you know and now i see how other people may feel when they say oh it's expensive in america and yeah we know there's some there's ways to, there's some areas where it may not be expensive here, but when you compare it to, you know, cost of living in other countries, it's like, ooh, it is just what? ridiculous. Expensive.
2: Well, like healthcare. Like, right, that's
1: what I was going to say too. It's it not is. just like, it's, it's healthcare
0: too. So, like, um, I used to wear glasses and she used to have contacts, forever, right? But I wanted to get my, my eyes fixed, like LASIK surgery before we went to Egypt. Mm-hmm. And I got quoted, you know, it like $3,500, right? Let me tell wow. you how much LASIK surgery cost me. You ready for this? So we talking about three thousand five hundred dollars, right? <laughs> three hundred and sixty bucks to get LASIK surgery. What? E. So, Damn. like, it's not. Even, it's just. It's the healthcare too. Like, even I got a lot of dentistry work done as well. Like, different operations and you know in, implants, things like that. Compared to here versus there, it's just it's just totally different. Like from the healthcare down to the food. Now, things like um, when you start getting into your wants, so like uh, if I wanted to go out and buy some Jordans, right, they're going to cost way more over there than they do over here because they're a commodity over there, right? But in terms of just living and having your needs covered, you good. But if you want to go out, you know, to the malls, like they have different malls there, um, and they hike up all the prices of like Nike or or adidas or apple like all that stuff is like super expensive. like don't buy electronics over there because again it's just that stuff is commodity right but yeah. again living and just having your needs covered and being able to eat and provide for your family like super easy super cheap
1: oh so, like, i from, learned from something from, from
0: new perspective yeah
1: yeah i learned something new i didn't even realize that it was more expensive to buy those other wants out there but the healthcare issue is big now I do now I'm understanding more why people travel to other places to get certain medical work done because the quality is just as good or if not better and it's cheaper so that's
0: medical vacations is what I- <laughs> whatever price if I were to decided start, to, start to, to you know get my $3,500 LASIK like I could at same $3,500 500- Fly to Egypt for the first time, see the pyramids, whatever. Have a tourist experience, whatever. Get my LASIK and fly back and spend less than 30 dollars. So that's why people do that. Whether it be for you know LASIK or you know different uh, dental surgeries, whatever it is, chances are whatever they're quoting you at the at the doctor's office, you can take that same money and travel somewhere. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, COVID is gonna make a big difference now. Yeah, if you travel like that, but you know, before COVID, that was definitely
1: a thing like medical vacation. Hmm. I hadn't heard that before. Medical vacation. I'm adding that to my list (laughs) Uh, because I feel like any way that we can, you know, get the things that we need and get it at a lower price and still have fun. Like you said, medical vacation. That's all good. So I love, love, love that. I'm going to have to share that with my mom and my sister, too. Um, But I have uh, we're going to go to the financial affirmation. So I'm just going to pull a random financial affirmation. I've already shuffled them, and I'm just going to recite it to you, and you guys are just going to tell me um, how it makes you feel or how it relates to your own personal or professional journey. All right. I like this one. It is, I can productively manage large amounts of money.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Um <laughs> That's what we were doing, you know, um, know, managing that money and knowing, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship, right, like really looking at your expenses and being able to know, okay, I'm spending this much money, you know, should I do this, should I not do this, whether it be investments or different things you need for the business, like all these things come down to management, and really, again, I feel like that's just top level, really comes down to just you, and this is kind of where like some of the therapy and and just self-care and like really learning about who you are and and and, and what you need. And that's one thing Egypt taught us as well is like there are so many things that we didn't have over there. Um, not because we couldn't afford it, but just like it really didn't make no sense to like we had, a, we knew it was going to be a temporary thing. We were living over there, So we didn't buy certain things for our apartment. We was like, oh, no, I'm, done doing, I'm done doing that. And you, you think like, like, wow, like we went two years without having, you know, XYZ. And so it really makes you think, like, when we, you know, come back here, or just in general, like, do I really need this thing, right? Like, why right. do I feel like I need to do this? Like, what inside of me is making me want to do, you know, this and that? And so that's kind of where, you know, managing that large sum of money uh, comes in, like, let us sit here, you know, investing into, you know, different, you know, whether it be properties or stock market or whatever, mm-hmm. versus do I need to go out and buy these pair of shoes or these whatever, and I think COVID is also helping with that as well. Like, okay, we can go out and buy you a dress. Where are you going? Where are you going for you? <laughs> really making you, um, you know, kind of rethink things that you need and, uh, or that you want.
1: Yeah, that is so true. Um, when you mentioned about uh, not needing certain things, uh, I remember a couple of years ago, there was a segment on the news. that were talking about, you know, America and us using like public storage companies, how they're like, you know, Americans just have so much stuff. That somebody created the idea of having storage spaces, and then it's multiple storage, com- you know, companies, right? But there are like people pay for their stuff to sit somewhere, <laughs> and it's like when you think about it, like I can see if maybe you're relocating or moving and need somewhere to tempor- temporarily put your stuff. But even then, sometimes you wonder, like, do we really need all of this stuff that we're just sit letting sit somewhere or just dragging from you know city to city? <laughs> right and that's one thing too
0: i'm glad you mentioned that because i had that kind of thought when we, were, when we moved back home so we had our stuff in storage as well and we brought everything back here and kind of just don't let me going back to this, these dishes like whatever right <laughs> expensive dishes they are really really good but now when you really think about these things like okay now that i have them i'm using them are really really good you know now i have to take care of them now i have to pay you know whether it be for this can be for a car or whatever i gotta pay insurance to pay for you know to to protect this expensive thing I just bought. You know, Mm -hmm. when when um, when we moved, we had to put it in storage. That wasn't the only thing we put in storage, but still, you know, you don't want to put your nice things somewhere, bad, whatever. So now you're paying for this thing you bought. You got (laughs) to pay for it in the first place. You got to pay to protect it. You got to pay to, you know, store it. Like, that's when we really have to start thinking, like, how much do these things, you know, really cost us, right? Will it be a car or clothes or whatever? Is this the whole idea, like you said, about just understanding what things really cost and, yeah.
2: <laughs> and it
1: yeah.
0: Us,
2: and it helped us be even more minimalist right. than we were already. Like I mentioned earlier, like we lived in my mom's house. I mean, her stuff was still there. I'm like, bro, why you got all this stuff? Like, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like, anyway. like, I don't even like a bunch of mail on the table. Like, I hate it. And so, when we moved back, before we even bought anything like we had the whole apartment floor just full of stuff in the storage and we got rid of like you know those vans at u haul like the vans a van full of stuff went to goodwill that Mm we like we don't need and mind you it was like high school stuff college stuff stuff that we hadn't gone through like we Mm -hmm. got rid of so much things and like in egypt i left so many clothes So many clothes in Egypt. Like I just left them. One because the quality of the water, like washing the clothes, and then like you, they don't dryers over there are a luxury. So drying them, the dust getting into. I'm like, I'm not bringing these clothes Mm -hmm. back. So I left them there. And when it started getting cold here, I like like switched out my closet a little bit. Not really switched it out, but I put like things that I knew I couldn't wear in a small container, like a small storage container. And it's in the outside little stores thing. And even with with having like all my winter clothes in like the stores thing and all my, you know, dress clothes or work clothes, like everything fit in a closet, in a walk-in closet. I said, I ain't never in my life had all my belongings, shoes, jewelry, winter, fall, spring, some, I've never uh-huh. in my life had everything fit in one closet. And I still had maybe like this much space on one side of the mm-hmm. closet with no hate, hang- like with nothing. I'm like,
1: I <laughs> didn't need all that, huh? <laughs>
2: all of it. Like, I could only wear one pair of pants, one shirt at a time. And so, <laughs> yeah, it just, it just helped us be even more minimalist. Yeah,
0: yeah. we had so much stuff going. Mm-hmm. We had so much. Because <laughs> people said
2: you can't find stuff over there <laughs> yeah. seasoning, hair so products.
0: Wow. Yeah, Nine
1: bags,
2: and they got lost. Yeah, nine bags. And all of them got Mm -hmm. lost when we touched down in Egypt. We
1: didn't have nothing. I remember, you know, around that time when you had posted about like losing stuff, and I was just like, "Oh my goodness!" Like I was sitting imagining like how it'd feel with none of your stuff, and I was just like, "That is just like the craziest." know i know we relocate especially to another country you know you never know what'll happen but i'm sure that was not on the list of things you know that could possibly uh happen but i'm glad it all you know worked out and you guys were able to learn and grow and just to have a new life experience together and then been able to bring it back here and then you're back in the states so i love it and i'm learning a lot about that what you just said about the dryer and that the dust come in it's like little stuff like that i guess you really never know until you're over there living in another place you know
0: (laughs) yeah we didn't have a dryer for a whole year we was washing we had a washing machine washing clothes for two years i'm sorry for two years washing our clothes and hanging them up whatever to dry school (laughs) it was just like again it became our new normal like it wasn't I think like, now as we get back, it's nice to have a dryer, right? It's certain things like, you know, I like being able to like, you know, wash, like have something be dirty and then wash it and then I can wear it that same day versus now. Nah, if it's dirty, you ain't getting it to two days from now.
1: <laughs> so, it's like so you that. appreciate those uh, things uh, more uh, when you can have, you know, like you said, being able to wear it the same day. It's like you don't really realize how important something it is until you don't have it for a period of time getting to know you more q a so it's just a couple questions to learn more about you two so i want to know what is y'all's favorite food i'm sure it may be different <laughs> for each of you uh, so
2: so i i think I know.
0: <laughs> okay. so
2: in egypt there are a lot of things that we didn't have and one of the things is like you know like quickness like here we got uh Hamburger Helper, Bail Vita, things like that. And so in <laughs> Egypt, you don't got all that. And so you literally have to make a lot of things from scratch. And so I I like pasta. And so I, am you know, experimenting with different recipes. And so in Egypt, I experimented with a lot of different pasta recipes. And I made one over there. It's like a Cajun chicken pasta because I brought seasoning from the state because they told me to <laughs> But yeah, I like like that. I I would say like that's probably one of our favorite meals. Like when we first got back and got settled in our apartment, we had like our family members over like a little at a time, and Christian would say, "Make the pasta, like make the pasta because it's cheap and it's very filling I mean, and it's good." So I think <laughs> my home cook, I would say that. No.
0: I'm I'm gonna say peanut butter. It's so, like you know, quick quick easy answer. Peanut
1: butter for me. It's there. You said peanut butter. Yeah, I love butter. And he butter. just eats it with
2: just a spoon after the jar. It's
1: really? You are the first person that I've that I've met that says peanut butter.
0: <laughs> who are you? Who are your friends? Okay,
1: you need to meet more people. Okay. they don't like peanut butter. Nothing to problem. So you said so you'll eat like just like a little snack. You'll just eat it like with a spoon. This is amazing. <laughs> no, I like peanut butter, but I've never eaten it just you know, like that. I'm going to try that.
0: You know, again, growing up, whatever, I just say, my mom is a, Um, one thing my mom bought like crunchy peanut butter by accident, you know, like I guess she wasn't looking, whatever. She bought the kind of had like a little crunch in it, whatever, so I scooped it
1: up, put it into a bowl, put it in the microwave, and it's real. Uh-huh. You know, Creamy. I, I was just going to ask that. Uh, the crunchy what? or just no crunch?
0: <laughs> I'm really a no crunch guy right now. I don't really care for the crunches but I just I just like peanut butter I really like it on um, bread the carrots you know you know uh, whatever celery I just enjoy it yeah <laughs> and he doesn't even have to have like
1: anything to
2: drink with
1: it yeah. yeah that could kind of get clogged up in there <laughs> get the right kind get the creamy
0: kind of you, and you
1: okay well that's cool I, I learned something new I could try is eating scoops of peanut butter right at the jar okay Oh, uh, what about seasons you, what is y'all favorite season spring summer fall winter
2: I like I mean I live in Egypt for two years where we wake up and it's 110 degrees so the heat don't really bother me anymore I like summer I like summer or like the beginning of fall I hate winter <laughs> I like winter cold like mm-hmm. i've been walking around all weekend with an electric blanket <laughs> <I
1: don't laughs> gotta stay warm <laughs> they all the same to me i don't know you're the same oh yeah. you said all the seasons are the same no
0: the same to me uh they're not the same obviously but yeah i never even thought about like having a favorite season Uh <laughs> I guess fall is cool because the, the leaves are changing colors. It's pretty
2: outside for fall. The beginning of fall, the end of fall. I
0: guess that's cool.
1: Okay. Fall, yeah. Cool. So, what is y'all favorite thing to do when you're not working?
0: I like watching movies. Um, I'm a movie person, obviously, video production, whatever. Um, yeah. That's again, childhood story. But we grew up, we didn't have cable. Uh, my parents were really strict about us like watching TV, period. So we didn't watch. Mm-hmm. We can watch, you know, TV on school nights and like that. But we did a lot of movies um, mm-hmm. as a family, like at home, not like going to the theater. But like, you know, my mom was part of those little DVD clubs, whatever. <laughs> and so we were like, you no, know, every Friday night we have like a movie night. Um, and so I got really, really big um, in movies. So I enjoy watching, you know, movies. Like cool. Yeah. Movies are good. I like watching movies. Like, but Christian can watch a movie, and okay,
1: that'll great. be his.
0: Self-care slash couples time. Like, we do couples time like once a week. And he's like, we going to watch a movie? I don't want to always watch a movie. And it's because now it's COVID. I'm like, well, where are we going to go anyway? We might as well just stay here.
1: Right. I'm glad you said self-care movie because um, I was in a group chat with some people earlier last week, and they were talking about things you can do for self-care. And I said, I watch movies because you can relax, you know, watch a good movie, and just like you said, you can't really, you know, go to, I mean, yes, stuff is open and, you know, but it's just, why not watch a movie? I mean, it's relaxing. It's fun, girl. <laughs> yeah. So what is your favorite movie?
0: So I'm about, I'm sorry. You want, you want you, to you to know I'm about movie per se, but we kind of like grown to love thriller, the thriller genre of movies. And so like, I like it because I'm not really a big fan of, like, horror movies or whatever, right? And so Thriller kind of still gives you that suspense, whatever. But it's still, like, <laughs> realistic stories, a thing that could actually happen um, in real life. And just usually, like, for whatever reason, we just kind of gravitate to that genre together. We can watch Thriller movie together all the time. Maybe kind of, you know, we want to watch, like, yeah. I like, action movies. She likes, you know, sometimes comedy or romance. And for whatever reason, we kind of just came to Hey, uh, not even agreeing. It just kind of happened. But thriller movies have really been our thing.
1: Yeah. I love thrillers, too. Especially when it says, you know, inspired by true events. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, this really happened. I can't wait to see this. So I love thrillers, too. And I like horror movies. My sister thinks I'm psycho and crazy because she's like, Cleo, how do you watch that stuff all the time? But I love thrillers and and scary movies. So it makes for a good show. <laughs> Sometimes we are asked you know, what advice would we give to our younger selves? But I would like to know, what advice would you give to yourselves right now? For me,
2: I would say to trust the process. Uh, Because that's something I'm working on. Like just being in the moment. It's going to come. You have to do the groundwork. Yes. Um, So yeah, trust the process and... Celebrate the small wins. A lot of times I like think I have this grand idea, like, okay, I'm gonna launch this and then this many people gonna get on the wait list and this many people gonna book. And then when they don't book, I'm looking like, well, this is stupid. Why <laughs> I even do this? But not looking at like issue like the fact that five people like saw your content and it was valuable to them, it made them like take the first step with it, like celebrate that part or whatever. So I'm trying to
0: work on. And, <laughs> yeah. I think for me um kind of the same thing right we hear that all the time like trust the process is kind of becoming cliche at this point but it's so it's so real right and it really just comes down to I think because it's very personal right with the whole idea of trusting the process and just being okay with um again taking those steps one foot in front of another is all you can really do is uh, and just whatever happens at the end of this is gonna be what happens um, and that's why I would say the same thing for myself, just, you know, being patient in the business and just trusting that I'm learning and I'm doing what I need to do. And every day I'm getting better And this. It, it is what it is. Um, I haven't read Michelle Obama's book yet, but the title Becoming, right? Like that's kind of going back to that again, like that's because we're always becoming something, right? We never really yes. become anything. We're always in a process of growing and learning until the day, you know, we die or whatever. So we're always becoming something, whatever that that something is. And that again goes goes back to um trusting the process and just being okay with being on the journey to to greatness. Like there really is no no um no destination. It's just every day getting better and whatever that may be going towards whatever route you're going towards is being okay with being on that on that journey.
1: Yes, I love it. And I think that's good reminders for all of us, uh, us here and those out there listening that we're just all taking it one day at a time, you know, one step at a time. And we're also learning and growing uh, throughout the process. And then I know for me, I just remind myself that I'm a forever student, so I don't have to be a master and know everything, uh, but just keep taking it one step by step. And just knowing that when I, when I reach that next level, there's going to be some more things I'm going to have to learn. So just being open to, Learning is, is something that I'm reminding myself of. $500,000. So if you all had $500,000 right now, what is the first three things that you guys would do together? Time.
0: Talk to each other about what we're going to do with it. That's the second thing. We got to have a conversation. Time is going to be, we both know, okay, we got to tie it, whatever. Uh, that's like 53, I guess. You said 500,000? Right, yes. We're going to go on ties. like no questions asked. Second thing is going to be, we're going to have a conversation about. And
2: I'm going to look at right now
0: at this time. <laughs> look at the rest. And then the third thing, I'm. Gonna, it's definitely going to be some type of investment. Um, and yeah, those can go, I'm not really uh, like do this, not that type of person. I'm really open to, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, first thing is tie. Second thing is talk. Third thing is invest.
1: And four things to take a trip. Oh, see, see. <laughs> I had to slide that trip in there. <laughs> four things. I love it. And I really love that you said talk because we got to come up with a game plan. How are we going to, you know, make this money work for us? So I love it. So I really, really appreciate you two talking with me today. I learned a lot and enjoyed this conversation, and I know everyone out there listening is enjoying it as well. So if you two could just let us know how we can connect with you, support you and your businesses. So I am on Instagram at Um
2: That's me on Instagram. Follow me. Check out my post. Um, and then my website is com. And I have some bomb blog post on there some resources some merch some gear um so you can find me there and if you ever have any questions just shoot me a dm send me an email and i'll be there <laughs>
0: Great. Uh, i'm on uh pixelestates.com p-i-x-e-l estates E S T A t e so pixel that's also my instagram name as well um you can find me on those pixel yeah pixel thank you for my instagram um i have a, a guide on my website called sell the soul and pretty much where a pdf version of how i'm teaching uh agents real estate agents you know videos that will help them with their brand and like videos that every real estate agent needs to have and so it's free A freebie if you will as a free guy on there so if you know somebody in the real estate space that needs to you know 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 a little bit about content creation and video production and and really marketing um themselves as an agent they can go on my website they'll find that there um for free so yeah
1: sounds good thank you guys so much and everyone out there definitely check them out on social media and on their websites and take advantage of these services and products that they have to offer so you can continue to level up in life. And this is the end of the show. But before I go, I want to encourage you as always to take it one step at a time and do your best every single day. And as you navigate through your financial journey, don't wonder what if, take a risk and see you next week.